So in my experience, I think that one of the things that I could say to all parents is really if your child was somebody who was having pre-existing struggles with school to stay like easing up on them but try to offer them more resources if you can if you could if you're financially able to get them a tutor or get a peer tutor at school or just get them more help that's the best thing because not only does it provide them with some peer interaction but it'll also benefit them educationally and in your case like with your daughter who always did very well in school who might be suffering a little bit now I think the best thing is just to keep encouraging them and motivating them and making them realize that their grades will go back up and this is temporary. That's a lot of the pro- like the struggles that have been going on with the kids that I'm working with. A lot of them are worried about their grades and what their parents say or think about their grades. But at the end of the day, we just need to support the youth and try to uplift them as much as possible. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Alpha Relations. My name's Luca and I'm here with Alan. Hey. And Alex. Hi. And today we have ourselves a special guest, a return guest, who's here to talk about COVID, vaccines, and how mental health has been affecting the population. Everyone, welcome Jay. Woo! <laughs> Thanks for having me back, everybody. <laughs> welcome back, Jay. Welcome. Okay, we got to be honest with the listeners out there. This, you know, they say third time's a charm. It's the fourth time for intros sometimes. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Nailed it on that last one, though. He did. Yeah, yeah. He did. He did. That was a solid 10 on 10 uh, landing, but the first three would have been crash and burn. No, mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm. Luca, you ever think about becoming a test pilot? <laughs> i wouldn't no, board I, that flight <laughs> <laughs> never crossed my mind before <laughs> luca looks back hold on everyone <laughs> oh gosh uh, but that's right that's right we uh we have a very interesting episode today um i think it's really relevant and there's a lot of perspective about it uh going mm-hmm. about um and that's why we decided to have jay on today as jay is our our american cousin here and we're going to be just doing a little bit comparing and contrast just to gain a bit more insight about how, uh, for instance, our vaccine rollout has been going here, for instance, in uh, the province of Quebec, you know, maybe Canada, as opposed to uh, what's going on in California, for instance, and the, the rest of the United States. Um, and everything, you know, uh, will trickle down eventually into just what's been going on. What are the reactions? What have people been feeling? What uh, what are they being affected by? Um, mm-hmm. we've talked about this on numerous occasions, you know, uh, I've had my own ups and downs, you know, having COVID, you know, going through the quarantine, the isolation, which we have all felt. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited. I'm excited because mm-hmm. we have done some legitimate research for this episode. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. I am excited. Mm-hmm. I think it's coming at a really good time too, yeah. just because we've spoken about COVID a bunch of times and like bits and pieces during our episodes but we've never actually had a a full covid moment mm-hmm. to just really dive in and see what's going on and it's really fun that jay is here because he could give us some out of canada perspective which will be interesting to hear which because i feel like most of our listeners come from north america like the states and and canada from what i remember so 
It's but cool shout that out to those have... listening to overseas because sometimes yes. I look at Podbean <laughs> and we have people all the way from Russia, from India. Yeah. You know, far out. You know, so much that love to true. everyone. Thank you, everybody. Okay, go, Alan. Oh, I'm going first? Yeah. That's how it's going to go? Yeah. Fine. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So, I mean, I think just... The first way of starting off is looking at where we currently are, you know, as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, where we've been. Um, and at, at least here in Quebec, you know, like, I mean, I listen to the radio every single day, practically. Oh, and I'm reading the latest updates uh, with the numbers and the, the, the trends, you know. So um, I would, you know, say, you know, from my perspective, and you guys could agree, things do look to seem to be on the up and up, you know. Um and well that's a funny way of expressing it you know because i don't want people to get the wrong idea where cases are on the up and up you know uh mm-hmm. they're not they've actually from what i've looked on uh, the government's website here in quebec the last seven day trend shows that numbers have been dancing around the 950 mark something like that it's mm-hmm. taken a dip you know to maybe a little less than 200 and now it's kind of gone back up and then i looked compare that to the last couple of weeks that's what, what's been happening, though. It's kind of like on the the decline as opposed mm-hmm. to where it was during, let's say, the holidays, 2020, going mm-hmm. into the new year. As we knew, that was a very severe time, uh, particularly, you know, for what was going on here um, at home in Quebec. Um, but it, there does seem to be improvement. And we know there's also been improvement because, I mean, it reflects what's going on with our restrictions. Yeah. You know, so we go by, um, what is that, a three-tier system, guys? Is that correct? We have, uh, what? No, we have green zones, yellow zones, orange, and red, correct? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, right. Before. That's it. So different regions of Quebec have different uh, are different colors. They're, they're coded in different ways, depending on mm-hmm. uh, the severity of how COVID is having an impact in those places. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, let's say if we take Montreal, right? Okay, we were in the red zone. You know? Still are. Still are in the red zone. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah technically um and it's just been um rather it's 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 been hard it's been more frustrating if anything um, that's coming from myself um but also coming from you know from what i've read online from how people are expressing themselves and mm-hmm. uh, this leads to a few things um occurring uh number one you know uh people are protesting about mm-hmm. this as we've seen we uh, quebec made international headlines not too long ago, I don't know if you saw this, Jay, but um, uh, we have a we have something a place in Montreal called the Old Port. You know, very you know, uh, uh, classic, very traditional, old you know, colonial times part of Montreal, and there was mm-hmm. a huge protest not too long ago that turned, got really ugly. You know, people fighting, people you know, littered stores, broke into you know a bunch of shops, and set you know fire. You know, left, right, and center. And this is a really beautiful part of town. Mm-hmm. And it sucks that that happened. But essentially, uh, people were rebelling against um, our curfew. We do have a curfew. Uh, it was, uh, let me see, as of the beginning of the year, up until sometime in March, guys, you know, yeah. something like that. It, it was at eight, set at 8 p.m. Yeah. And then sometime after March, we went back to 9.30. It, it got pushed to 9.30. And for a couple of weeks, people were really happy about that. Mm-hmm. really happy i was happy it was just like oh my god this is so nice we got like another hour and a half yay you know? <laughs> um and what ends up happening is that there was an explosion of cases up at quebec um our capital quebec city yeah. and um there was um an explosion of cases at a gym 
right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know the exact details, but uh, long story short, gym owner, not exactly um, uh, throwing his uh, support, his effort behind trying to maintain uh, the measures. And there was an explosion of cases originating from one gym where it started off as being maybe a couple of dozen people getting infected to several hundred to the point where we had over 600 related cases coming from one gym less than two weeks after. You know, and I actually have the number. Uh, I looked you? it up really What's quick. What's the exact number? So the gym was shut down on March 31st. And right. that's when the city was put on lockdown again. So there was 224 people infected at the gym. And then there was another 365 released cases Jeez. involving the the outbreak. And Ooh somebody la actually la. ended up dying, dying yeah, because exactly. of the outbreak. Yeah. Someone died from that. Uh, yeah. The gym owner himself got sick with this yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was crazy. I think so, him, he was hospitalized also, I believe. He was. I think so, yeah. He was. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I don't know if you believe in karma, but that might be saying something <laughs> right there. Shit. It is. Um, and yeah, so I mean, the reaction from that. So people people gathered, people protested. Mm-hmm. We've had more protests since. We've had protests before that. But um, it's becoming a regular thing where certain landmarks here in the city, people have been gathering to protest against uh, like anti-mask groups, anti-vaccine groups, you know. And um, I, I look at them and I ask, OK, well, what? what could they be feeling right mm-hmm. and uh, most definitely there's frustration there's anger i think there's a lot of distrust too mm-hmm. right and you know uh, again from my my perspective you know just reading you know uh, uh online and about you know a lot of that distrust seems to be to coming from the fact that this vaccine is here or we have several variations of a vaccine mm-hmm. um and it's been so quick right this happened at an exponential rate where uh, for many people of all walks of life, they look at this and they they ponder just like, I don't know if I can really trust that. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everyone's got their reasons, you know. Um, I'm, I'm not to tell you what to believe or what not to believe. That's just the facts, you know, that some people are just, well, they see the distrust. They see the skepticism behind it. Um, and if you really want to get wild, the conspiracies, but, you know. Um, yeah, uh, Luca, little giggle there. You. <laughs> Are you a conspiracy theorist? My good no, friend? I'm not. You sure? No. Uh-huh. The Earth is round, Luca. It's round. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh, but we're, Alpha's about to become controversial here. Well, oh my God. Watch someone make some comments and just be like, "How do you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you been to space? <laughs> uh, shit." Anyway, but um, yeah. So there's been a lot of that. So a lot of distress going into this, and um, I think I think people are are also tired you know but at the same time um it has been expressed you know through you know radio announcers you know you have uh, broadcasters from the different media outlets and you hear the general talk of the town depending on where you associate yourself um and from my perspective i've been it sounds like from what i've been hearing people are more more optimistic or more cautiously optimistic these days Mm -hmm. um because the current situation is the vaccine is coming out as of, oh, damn, today's May 8th. As of May 14th, all 18 to 24-year-olds and all other age groups like older mm-hmm. than that will be um, will have access to the vaccine, right? And I was reading, um, 
uh, I overheard that there was a poll that was recently taken, you know, where over mm-hmm. 58% of Canadians said, um, I don't know the exact poll, but it's, it's legit. Um, we could look it up and find it, you know, so in case, it's in case legit, called out here, you know? right? Just in case, just in case. But like most Canadians are behind getting vaccinated, right? Mm-hmm. You know, do they want life to get back to normal? You know, is it because they're just fed up and they're just going to, you know, sign me up and let's get it moving? Um, is it for protection for the one's own health? I think there are a lot of reasons as to why we're behind this. Um, but it's it's been an up and down roller coaster, you know. And but, but right now, I look around and I see things slightly improving because the curfew's back to nine thirty, mm-hmm. right? And going back to the the trend of the data there that I saw on the uh, government of Quebec's website with the latest information, numbers yes are at times going a bit up, but there has been a downward trend. You know, mm-hmm. there are, you know, less hospitalizations than there were, you know, in the last quarter, mm-hmm. right? Less people in the ICU, mm-hmm. all right? So something to me is working, but at the same time, I don't think we're out of the woods just yet because there's a lot of things we're dealing with, like the variants, right? Yeah. Uh, I ask people in my own social circles how they feel about it. Many of them are, are worried. They're uncertain, you know? There's a lot of fear uh, because we don't know how that's going to play out. Mm-hmm. and um but i don't know i don't know that's that that's the talk that i have to offer there you know and that's everything that i've seen here i've read about in relation to quebec um but jay tell us my good sir you know what has your perspective been like in terms of um the numbers the data that's being presented in terms of covid cases and people's reactions to the latest uh the latest uh, the latest uh, measures as well as the vaccine rollout campaign uh, yeah, so um, I wanted to touch on something you said before I go forward. Go for it. Uh, when when you were talking about the the protests, you know, you said something that stood out to me. It was like I I wonder what they were feeling, you know. I, I wonder what was on their mind, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And that's something that uh, I don't think there is enough of, um, mm. you know. Uh, Look, uh, there's going to be difference of opinion when it comes to these things. There were differences of opinion when it came to vaccinations before COVID. You know, very true. Um, there, there really were. And and uh, did I pay a, a much attention to it? No, not really, not at the time. But uh, that's something that I, I think that, and we'll get into the mental health uh, part of it. But I think that having a level of understanding for people who think differently than you do will go a long way towards solving a lot of these issues, not necessarily, you know, the COVID issue, of course, right. because everybody has to, I believe, do, do what they feel is necessary for their own health. And, mm-hmm. and I, I applaud that, but I think that just the way that the, the way that you, you said that, that just struck me because I live in America and there is a, there's a wide range of, of a kind of feeling, you know, when it comes to yeah. this sort of thing. Uh, but let me go ahead and get to the numbers. In the United States, um, right now, 33.8% of the population is vaccinated. Wow. Um, okay. So the U.S. has a population of 328 million people. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just let's just put that in some per- perspective there. Um, fully vaccinated people is about 111 million. Okay. And, uh, 
the doses that have been given out is 255. Now we know that most of the the Johnson and Johnson shot only takes one, but mm-hmm. I think they have kind of put that one on hold for a little bit mm-hmm. um, due to health concerns. Uh, the other ones take two shots, and so there there is a subset of of people who take the first shot and they're like, you know what, I'm not really feeling this. I'll wait to take the second one. Mm-hmm. Usually, I think the time period is in between. I, I did tell you my. My dad and my brother have both taken it, and I believe the period is about two weeks between shots. Um, if you're 16 and up, you can get a shot in the United States. Um, so that's something that, uh, you know, that that's for anybody who wants to get one. I, I'm glad that it's available. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last seven-day trend, uh, we're at 5.4% positive tests out of uh, 881,000 people who took a test this mm-hmm. past week. So it is, we are trending down. Um, look, just on, on April 27th, and we had over a million tests taken and 54,000, uh, 4.5%, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, we're positive. So, but we're, we're kind of, well, we're trending down in the number of tests taken too, you know? So that can be good because that may, may mean that people are not seeing symptoms. And that's, that's all, that's what we want. You know, we, we, we don't want people to have symptoms. We don't want people to get sick. Um, now, as we mentioned before we started recording in the United States, the restrictions vary quite differently compared to state. You know, you can have one state right next to another and one of them can be super restrictive. In my case, I live in California. It's one of the most restrictive states in the union and, uh, Arizona is right next door and their restrictions have been lifted. So completely, completely. Wow. If, if I drive two hours to the East, Mm -hmm. then I don't have to, you know, have the same type of restrictions that I have in California. God damn. Yeah. So, uh, so it is different. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a map right here from USA today and what it's showing is that states that have actually completely lifted their restrictions are Georgia, Florida, Oklahoma, Texas, Arizona, Missouri, Iowa and Montana. Mm. Um, so there, there are your states that are completely open. No, uh, no mass, mass mandates, no anything. Um, now, of course, nobody's going to tell the population there. And, and I can tell you, I, I do spend a little bit of time on social media. I don't post as much because I don't think it's a good idea, uh, you know, for me to get involved in that stuff. Mm-hmm. But on social media, I remember when Texas opened up, um, it was all you know, social media and, and, you know, let's, let's just be clear. Social media is not real life. Okay. Um, you know, Twitter, I always thought was a place where you just kind of post your opinion and when maybe some people will engage with you, you know, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, there was a lot of doom and gloom, uh, from a certain set of the population. Oh, Texas is, you know, they're doing the wrong thing or that. Well, I mean, look, the numbers don't lie. Texas is doing just fine. Yeah. Okay? And, but they're, but they're doing what's good for them. Uh, what What's good for them, and I got to stress this, may not be good for. And and that's the reason why I've never, at any point during this whole time, mm-hmm. uh, approved of a federal mandate. Uh, you know, we are the United States. We have fifty states. We have, you know, fifty different sets of population. What's good for New York? may not be good for Texas. And most of the time it's not. So mm-hmm. I, I agree that the governors of, of each of these states are doing what they feel is best. Now, look, uh, in the United States and, and 
we'll address the elephant in the room in the United States. The, the virus and all of the, the mandates that go with it has been completely politicized. And it's sad that that has happened because it is, it has cost us uh, more goodwill and mm-hmm. um, it's caused more suffering than it should have. Okay. And that's just the truth. Uh, mm-hmm. The United States media, I don't even, I don't even pay much attention to them anymore because they're garbage. Uh, and I, you know, and, and I, and I, this is coming from somebody who I, I do want to be informed. I, mm-hmm. I like to learn things about what's going on in the world around me. You know, that I'm a, a well-traveled individual and mm-hmm. I, I like knowing, uh, you know, how everything's going, but that you just get to a point where you just can't, you can't trust them yeah. um, because there is something underlying in, in some of the things they say that either omit information that they, they shouldn't be omitting or, um, you know, they'll put a scare into people. And, and look, uh, I think that a lot of the, what's happened in the United States when it comes to some of this stuff is you have governors who give you some of the strictest lockdowns and tell you, Hey, you can't go anywhere. You can't go out and eat. You can't uh, go get a haircut or whatever, whatever it may be. And then they go and do what it is. They're telling the population <laughs> not to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you see something like that and Americans are very, you know, I don't know how to best to put this without sounding like, like it's a defamation there, but Americans are, are, they don't like seeing uh, hypocrisy and they're, they're not big on like, like they want their freedom, you know, Hey, you know what? There's, there's a a bunch of people a couple hundred years ago that uh, decided that we should have uh, certain rights Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, um, and those still hold true today. And a lot of people, and look, do I, do I feel like some of them are kind of out of line on that? Yeah, of course, but there, that's going to happen. You know, again, I told you what the population in the United States is, it's 328 million. You're not going to have everybody agree. Yeah. Um, But, but yeah, I, I think that in the United States right now, uh, it is trending in in the right direction. And it kind of has been the, a lot of the States, the ones I mentioned to you, those are open and most of the other ones are kind of relaxing their restrictions in California for the first time. In over a year, I was able to eat indoors at a restaurant. No kidding. You know, wow. Yeah. So um, now we do still have mask mandates. I wear a mask to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I go to the store, I wear one. And so that's that's the restriction in California. Uh, in some of the other states, of course, you can wear one if you want to, but it's just not required. And so that's – but it's – you know, I think that it just really depends on the situation, you know um, – if you find that it's working uh, what you're doing, then for sure. But I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but the governor of California is getting recalled. Um, and part of the reason is because, you know, he's one of the governors that uh, put out, put out these uh, crazy restrictions and then went, you know, went out to eat at restaurants and stuff. Mm. Nice. And so, you know, California is, uh, I'm, I would never accuse California of being friendly to small businesses, but uh, it's really been tough uh, over the last year for small businesses mm-hmm. um, and made more so by the fact that you can, you know, you'll see, I, I don't know if you guys have Walgreens in Canada, if you know Walgreens, it's a pharmacy. Right. And, and so I believe they, you know, I know that they give COVID tests, um, but I don't know if they give the shots yet. They probably do. A lot of places are giving shots now. 
Mm-hmm. And so uh, you'll have a place like Walgreens, which is a national chain, mm-hmm. and they can stay open. But the mom and pop, uh, you know, small business pharmacy right across the street, they're not allowed to stay open. And so there's some uh, level of feeling there, you know. Right. And, um, you know, obviously anybody who's been awake in the last couple of years knows that we've had quite a bit of uh, protests ourselves over here. And mm-hmm. uh, and so it's uh, – it's it's kind of tough to to deal with all the uh, sensory overload that you get, and and part mm. of the reason I don't watch the news as much as I used to is not only not, now. Don't get me wrong, I do stay informed. I just mm-hmm. get mine from a third party source. You know, fair I, enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't any any of the Alphabet networks. I do not watch them. And, uh, I like that Alphabet <laughs> Network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, true. Don't, yeah, don't want to watch the Alphabet networks. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, and I think. If anybody has has thought towards doing, you know, kind of taking a look at these things, like, you know, when I was doing my research for this episode, there were some things that surprised me, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, uh, I, that's why you do your own research. That's why you do things yourself. That's why you don't rely on, uh, you know, uh, Joe Schmo from across the street to tell you what's going on in Texas or Oklahoma or whatever, because uh, they don't know, you know, <laughs> and, um, and that's. But yeah, I mean, for my part, I stay out of all the mainstream um, goofiness that goes on uh, for this. I have a job. Oh, I work so much. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I work. I come home. I do more work, and you know, you guys know how that goes. And yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of how I've stayed. You know, the, the majority of the population just wants to be left alone. Just let me live my life. Just let mm-hmm. me do my thing. And um, and that's all we want. And I'm part of that. I'm part of that group. I don't want to get. You know, I don't want to go to the street and, you know, and, you know, anybody who wants to, to do that sort of thing, they are, you know, of course, that's that's fine. You know, people should be allowed to express their concerns or express their displeasure. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be part of that group, though. You know, I just yeah. want to just be left alone. Just let me do my thing. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I'm, I'm easy. Don't tax me so much and you know, <laughs> don't, don't, tell me I, don't tell me I can't do certain things that I, I by right should be able to do. And I'm, I'm fine, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, the short answer to this is it's trending in the right direction. And I feel like that that's going to continue going forward in 2022. Uh, we have uh, elections coming up. Mm-hmm. So I can wow. promise you that some of these restrictions are going to get lifted uh, well before then uh, right. politicians uh, like to do politician things. And, and part of that, is, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Part, part of that is, uh, is, is giving you freedom that they probably shouldn't have taken away from you in the first place. And then saying, Oh, look what I did for you. <laughs> and yes. so, uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens, uh, coming up. God damn. Um, that is very interesting. <laughs> it is, it is, you know, and I really liked how you, uh, you worked, you know, going from the big picture, you know, working your way inwards, you know, from the, the states, you know, uh, continental United States versus and then getting into the California, what's been going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, that's good. So would you, what's my question here? I guess, mm-hmm. we, I mean, of course, you don't want to, you know, give in, feed too much off of what the uh, the alphabet networks here, you know, have to offer, you know, and, you know, I, I commend that, you know, because like, you go out of your way to find out, you know, um, through third parties, whatever they may be, knowing the fact that you want to gain as much, a, a very, as clear as it can be, a perspective, you know, that doesn't seem to have been influenced mm-hmm. of sorts, you know, um, 
but for yourself um how, how how does jay feel you know like i mean so you speak about you know what's going on but like how do you feel like what's your perspective personal personally speaking well uh you know covid has impacted me uh, mm-hmm. obviously uh i i spoke about this before we started recording but i have had it uh and uh you know I've my, I have a family member, my brother, he had it before too. Wow. Um, I have family members who are high risk for it. Mm-hmm. So uh, clearly it's, it's going to impact everybody in some way. And yeah. that is kind of how it's impacted me. Now I took a 10 week break from work. They closed where I was working at the time. They closed that down for 10 weeks uh, when the COVID restrictions began in California and I think that was per the company. I think that was a decision that they just made, you know, across the board. Hey, we're going to we're going to shut down for a little bit. Um, everybody go home, you know, and, and be with your family and relax. And, and this was early in the process. Nobody really knew how this would get, you know, uh, a year ago uh, today, uh, Alex, you and I were chilling on Discord and just, you know, just having a great wow. time. Right. Yeah. But, but I wasn't working at the time. And so. Um, that's, uh, that, that was a, a, an odd time period because there are some people that haven't gone back to their normal, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so there were people who were, they were laid off for obviously. And, and I can tell you, it's weird because where I work now, we're, we just did a hiring event and it's really tough to find people. Really? Although we do have openings, yeah. mm-hmm. well, there, there's still a lot of uh, government assistance that's happening. Okay. Right? Oh, yes. And yes. so, uh, in some cases, uh, it is more profitable for them to not work. Mm-hmm. And so, although we are trying to open back up and we are trying to get the ball rolling here, the, the government assistance thing, and you know, of course, I'm all for government assistance for people who need that. Because there are people who really do. I deal with them on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, it's tough to find good help right now because uh, it's it's beneficial, or you get paid about the same, or you get paid a little bit a little bit more. If I was, I, I make decent money, but if I was offered you know a dollar or two less an hour just to chill at home and work on my graphic design stuff all day, I'd do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So For sure. I mean, let's just be real about this. So that, that is, that is something that's happening. Um, but me, me personally, I, um, I've tried, I, I'm just a different, I guess I'm different than a lot of people. I don't want to live in a, in a place where I'm scared all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I see that sort of thing and I get, it, it's sad for me. I saw a video probably very early in the process in the, in the COVID, uh, situation where I saw a woman frantically, uh, she, she had a tape measure with her and was going on the beach measuring if people were six feet apart, just oh going my crazy. God. Wow. Yeah. People lose their minds. And mm-hmm. so, and, and I saw that and I thought that was really sad. You know, yeah. I'm like, what, what has happened to this person to make them yeah. like want to like want to do that stuff to people. And so it's, it's crazy. Uh, the mask stuff is really, um, you know, it, it, you get used to it. And so that's, but I, what I think about, and I think a lot of people don't, what about all of those people that are like claustrophobic, you know, mm-hmm. and, and 
they get crazy anxiety every time they got to put that thing on. You know, yeah. I work with some people who every chance they get, they, they, they take it off so they can just breathe, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, now me and the way I work in the situation I'm in, I can handle it. I'm, I'm cool with it, but, uh, but some people can't. And so because of that, it's, um, it's tough on them. You know, I hate that. Um, and, and compounded by the fact that we haven't really gotten into this yet, but compounded by the fact that some of them will get bullied mm-hmm. online and it's just completely acceptable. Oh, you know, if nurses can do it, then you can do it. Well, you know, nurses, that's their job. They're signed up for that. You know, they knew what was going on. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to some uh, random person off the street. It's like, you know what, if I can, you know, if I can catch bullets in a, in Iraq, so can you, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, people are not the same. No. Yeah. yeah. They're just not the same. And I feel bad for those people who do get that anxiety because it does happen. I've mm-hmm. seen it. And, um, and what they get for, for speaking out and saying, you know what, this is not, this is not good for me. This is not good for my mental health. Mm-hmm. I'll just do it. Don't be a, don't be a dick. You know, <laughs> you know, that, that's yeah. kind of the way they're like, okay, I'm not going to bully you and, and say that you're the asshole when I'm being the asshole, you know, and that's not, that should not be acceptable, uh, but it is for some people. And I, that's the, that's the stuff, the personal stuff. Look, I've had it. I can handle it. I'm done. I'm, I'm good with it. Uh, I can put things in their proper perspective, but I don't like seeing how other people have to deal with things that, that, you know, it doesn't bother me, but it bothers them. And mm-hmm. if you're truly somebody who is sympathetic, if you're truly somebody who is, uh, wants to see better for people, then you're going to try to have an understanding why people struggle with the mask. Thing. You're going to try to understand why people struggle with the vaccine thing. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. got a reason. And look, the reason that somebody doesn't want to get a vaccine, if in fact that's the case, that's not my business and mm-hmm. it's nobody else's. Mm-hmm. At no point ever in, in my life have, have I ever seen the population uh, try to try to tell other parts of the population, Hey, I need to know what your medical history is uh, <laughs> or, or else I'm going to publicly shame you. Yeah. No, no let's, let's not go there. I, I don't think that that should be acceptable. I think the people who do that, um, they shouldn't be glorified. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. You know, um, the problem is not everybody thinks like that and there's still people going out doing such things, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. But, um, Hey, we, um, it's not a matter of just control, but just so of respect, you know, to have decency, you know, for the person on your left, on your right. Mm-hmm. Um, you've touched on, you know, something that we're, we're going to dive deeper into, you know, um, especially about the whole the mental health aspect regarding COVID. Um, but before we get there, I think, you know, we're going to explore uh, the avenue regarding vaccines. Yes. So as we've mentioned, vaccines are a little bit like teetering the controversial side, I would say. Some people are for the vaccines. Some people are totally against the vaccines. But whether you're for or against, I have some vaccine information that pertains to Canada and specifically Quebec, uh, where we live. So basically, like for us, for the longest time, only priority groups or at-risk groups were entitled to get uh, 
the vaccine like they were the only ones who could go so those were you know like like the healthcare workers senior citizens people who worked with senior citizens or i think even like maybe first responders were um like essential workers so first responders police firefighters all of all of those groups were priority for the vaccine but then everybody else was kind of just like wait your turn we're not there yet for you so i know a lot of people were kind of frustrated with that but others you know they were like okay good like at least the elderly and people who are responsible for them are safe so i was like that was okay but then there was a lot of stirs in the like education system saying like we're essential workers we're like in the front lines with the children all the time like we deserve vaccines and there was a lot of um internal i think um like protesting and strikes not protesting well i guess strikes are kind of like a protest but anyways so there was a lot of that going on within um the education system here so with both of our school boards so emsb and um riverside so that was something that was very prominent and i think it was like mid-april or about a month ago they were fine like school boards or anybody who works in the school system was finally able to get a vaccine, which was really great. Nice. Um, and so currently, if we look at what this, not the stats, but what the info is right now. So currently people who are over the age of 35 can receive the vaccine, which is awesome. Um, however, people who are 45 and over, those like if those groups go to get the vaccine, they're only able to get the AstraZeneca, which is kind of annoying for some people because I know that there's a lot of like resistance when getting the AstraZeneca. Most people here want like either the Pfizer or the Moderna or like the the Janssen, which is the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. But anybody who's under 45 could get one of those three. And that actually depends on the vaccination site you go to. So last month, since I work at a school, I went for my vaccine. And the vaccination site that I went to was only giving Pfizer. So no matter what age you were, unless you were of the group, like the elderly group where you can only get AstraZeneca, like everybody got Pfizer. And I know that everybody who was there was like, oh my God, yes. Like I don't want the AZ one. So I was like, I was happy, but at the same time, I don't know what's in any of them. So I was just like, okay, just shoot me up, I guess. But as Alan said, as of the 14th of May, everybody 18 and older can mm-hmm. get the vaccine which i know is something that a lot of people here are really excited about um and then the next step is really just seeing when 18 and under will be able to start getting the vaccine because i know that in the school system predominantly there's a lot of not concern concern but they're just kind of like when will high school students be able to get vaccine since right now most there's a lot of schools especially in the montreal school board that are getting shut down because of covid cases Mm -hmm. so you never know who patient zero is in these certain cases for the most part but once like you know high school students maybe elementary school students get the vaccine then hopefully we'll start seeing less school closures so that's something to really look forward to the only thing so jay mentioned that in the states once you get your first dose, it usually, it's like two weeks and then you can get your second one, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So here you get your first dose and then your second dose is only, you only get it like after four months. So I went in April and my next dose is only in August. So 
that's something that Canada has decided to do. So we have the NACI, which is the National Advisory Committee on Immune Immunization. I think. Hey, is that how it. you say? It? Okay, good. <clears throat> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they made the decision actually to defer the second dose. Uh, for Canadians for up to four months after their first one. And the reason why they did this actually is because they they rathered have Canada like maximize the numbers of people like getting immunized, right? I have such a hard time with that word. My bad, guys. But so like so that everybody could start getting at least the first dose. They would rather most of the population have the first dose than like half of the population, let's say, or less than half be fully vaccinated. So that's kind of why we have such a, a long gap between the first two. But actually, I think this was like a few weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, they released a new statement saying that Canada has been um, getting more supplies of vaccines and so their hope is now that the interval between the two doses will be less than four months so that's actually some really encouraging news i think um and they're saying also that by the end of june the federal government is actually anticipating having received like almost 44 million doses of the um, three approved vaccines like the two doses so pfizer mm -hmm. moderna and astrazeneca um so that's really really great because actually um only right now only 37.7 i'm gonna be hella specific percent mm. of canadians have received one dose so we're like nowhere close to being done mm -hmm. we're not even halfway of the population with their first dose so it's not concerning but it's just like it's good that we're getting more because then hopefully we'll be able to vaccinate at a higher rate, hopefully. Um, but I looked into some numbers, which was actually like pretty large. I didn't expect this. But so in Canada, so this is like the whole nation. Okay. 15,325,183 doses have been administered to Canadians. And out of that group, uh, we're at about 355,000 doses that have been administered in Quebec. So that's that's pretty pretty good. I was like, hey, look at that. I don't know how many people are in Quebec because... <laughs> I think we're, what, uh, six, seven million altogether? <laughs> okay, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, maybe a bit more. Really far behind, but you know what? It By, I think, May 14th, it'll have gone up by a lot because then anybody of consent of like legal age i should say not of consent of legal age can mm -hmm. get it if they want and then we just have to work on the youngins but listen to me this is encouraging and what's even more encouraging is that canada anticipates that everybody will hopefully have the first dose by september of 2021 so at least we'll be half protected and then work on the second half or even fully protected, depending. I know I'll, Luca and I, if I, I believe I'm speaking correctly, we will have had both doses by September. So we'll be like fully covered. So most people who have had the vaccines around the same time of, as us will also be fully covered. So hey, September 2021, guys, looking forward to it. <laughs> Not gonna lie. No, no, I'm, I, I agree. I absolutely agree with that. And um, 
not too long ago, um, I, I saw some friends outside, you know, just grabbing a, a little slice of pizza and whatnot. And uh, we're discussing, you know, like everyone's done this at one point or another in our own social circles, just thinking what you like to do, you know, once, you know, restrictions are lifted, once well, all of us, if not the majority of us, uh, have received a vaccine. Um and you feel that positive energy, you know, so I feel what you're saying, Alex, mm-hmm. you know, and that sense of wanting to look forward to to better days. And it's really been hard because I don't know, I mean, how many times have you told yourself that within the last year? Like, guys, don't worry, better days are ahead, better mm-hmm. days are ahead, you know, and we've had a lot of shit days, yeah. you know, regarding, you know, this pandemic, um, <laughs> yeah. whether you have contracted COVID, uh, you knew someone that got it, whether someone really struggled, wh- uh, many of us have lost someone to COVID, you know, or and it's it's been a big impact, huge, you know, and that's tying back into what Jay was uh, talking about before. But I think for the first time ever, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, I like it, it shows, it shows, you know, yeah. and I, I, I can get behind that, you know, that, that I support, you know, I want that for myself, I want that for everyone, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, yeah, well, but, uh, it's just, um, it's still tough. Luca, why is it still tough? Yeah, that's a great question, Alan, because I think, I think we've talked about a lot about this in the, the past and when we first started our podcast and mm-hmm. how it would affect uh, mental health and stuff. And I think we don't really know the long, long-term effects, but there's definitely going to be some, you know, some studies coming, coming forward in the future that are going to show that there has been big impact. And we could just mm-hmm. see it just from the stats that, you know, and, and we've, if we look back to, you know, we sort of talked about, like I said, we spoke a lot about like COVID and, and how it affect people mentally in, in the past. Right. Um, but looking at a study here, um, so for children between the age of two to 18 years old, the so the, the impact that COVID has had has um, for during the first initial lockdown was 70 percent uh, reported worse mental health. Now, that's during the the first the first lockdown. Right. And we sort of we covered that uh, originally at the. The beginning when COVID was just beginning and stuff, um, but now there was even a study done um, back in March, I believe, or it was re- this was this was from September to December 2020. So this was released in, uh, released in March, uh, and essentially, um, so this survey was on COVID 19 and mental health, uh, which indicated that one in five Canadian adults aged 18 and older screened positive for at least one of the three mental disorders that were assessed. So that's major depressive disorder generalized anxiety disorder and post-traumatic stress disorder you know so you know a lot of people have been like largely affected by this and like i said we don't really know the long-term effects mm. you know mm-hmm. and and those those stats are sort of different because one was like more about the children one more about the adults but um you know even just looking at you know from children perspective you no know, this is they lost pretty much almost a year of social development in a sense that's big. So you know true. they were that's they huge. were quite yeah. isolated this this whole time mm-hmm. so the question is is how is that going to impact the you know the children moving forward and how you know i guess how will they make up for that time lost just because of how you know crucial these these are for their developing stages right you know especially the ages between i guess two to 18 there's like just just so much growth and even younger like the kids that are like like before like even pre pre puberty or pre uh adolescence you know mm-hmm. just the importance of that that social um interaction for their social development um and we sort of we sort of spoke a lot about this and just the importance of you know taking the time to you know reach out for help and i think that's the big thing about bringing up this you know um regardless of stats and all that you know it, i think the importance is that people if they do need help they 
they do reach out for help. And we're going to leave, like, once again, like we did with the previous episodes, just more resources. And I've done a lot of research on, you know, other resources that, you know, I guess these are specifically for Quebec, but also outside and uh, mm-hmm. resources in Canada that could be um, useful. And we're also going to look around for uh, if Jay has any, and we'll we'll research too to find any for you know, outside of uh, of Canada that could be useful for people that are, you know, dealing with this because this is, like I said, it, those are three, like, in, in the survey, those are three, like, major, you know, um, me- uh, ment- uh, yeah, mental disorders that are being, you know, positively viewed in, in these surveys. And then the question is, how is that going to long-term affect people? Um, and one thing we also spoke about back in uh, episode with Pat, right? Shout out, Pat. Shout um, out, Pat. <laughs> is is how there's an increase of uh, conjugal violence right and i have a, a stat from the states and from uh, canada so from the states it Ooh. was um that one in four women and one in ten men have experienced intimate partner violence during COVID 19. one in four women you know uh, that's crazy that's a lot that is yeah. crazy and that's terrifying that is crazy actually and if you look at canada the Canadian social service agencies uh, have doubled the number of domestic abuse reports compared what? to a year ago. I've heard about this. Yeah. That is that's crazy. Crazy. So this is like a time that's just, just, just the impact that it's had on people, and it is just we like we don't even know like the long term effects, but just the short term effects right now. That what's been going on has just been terrifying, and I could just imagine like those people that are living right now, like having to be locked down are locked pretty much in lockdown the whole time with mm-hmm. pretty much their 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 abuser like the, the terrors that must have gone down and the mental you know impacts that it must have had is just it's just it's just terrible to think about you know and yeah and there's a lot and it's still happening as we speak right now mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 so it's just you know that's why i think a lot of people are you know sort of going back to your question like a lot of people are still dealing with this just because this is this mm-hmm. is not like a uh, a thing that's going to go away right away once COVID finishes. No. You know, this, these are going to have long-term effects on people and PTSD is going to be huge in a number of ways. And we sort of looking back to maybe Jay talking about uh, people that are claustrophobic having to wear masks all this time and how, you know, there might be PTSD as a result of that, just, just in that factor, you know, for, for those um, individuals. Um, so it's just, it's just a crazy, crazy time. Um, and, and the stress that people have gone through and the uncertainty at the beginning and and just having to go through all the you know all the anxieties and the the depression that came with it is just it's just crazy yeah mm-hmm. yeah i agree it's tough just taking a moment to think about all that you know um and uh, at least for myself you know i i read a lot of individual accounts uh of what some people particularly women have had to go through you know within the last year and uh, it's not just being isolated. No, you were literally locked up with uh, your tormentor, you know, mm-hmm. your, your abuser, right? Well, and, imagine that, that yeah. person probably lost their job and, you know, they're, so they're home all the time. Yeah, you know? it's true. It's and, exactly. And, that, and that's, that's horrible to think about. That. And it's funny, Luke, you just that you brought that up because I was, that's something I had not looked at was the actual numbers, but I knew domestic violence was up and I had typed it on my mm-hmm. notes here to bring that up right before you said something about it. So I'm glad you had the numbers on that. Mm-hmm. That is, that is something, uh, you know, as far as education, you know, I have a high school student that's doing distance learning and it's mm-hmm. tough on her. And, uh, and I feel bad for, you know, you guys just got out of college, 
you know, and so, uh, so, you know, you're, you were recently students, so you know that some stuff is important to do in person. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Sure. yeah. And, uh, and I feel bad. This is her freshman year and she's missing out on so much and she is struggling. Uh, you know, some people aren't, they can, they can kind of adapt to that, but some people, they just can't. And I feel bad for, for those kids that, that are losing uh, essentially a year. And, uh, so mm-hmm. it's tough to, it's tough to think about. It really it, is. It's really like for the, like my students, I've, I hear that almost every day, uh, like working with them they're cause they're in, uh, their first year of high school. And so they lost like their year in the sixth grade. So a lot of them have been having a terrible time adjusting to high school because they never like fully wrapped up the end of their of their elementary school so they're all kind of stuck in this weird place and that's most of the reason why like i'm there working with them i feel like with this one girl in particular she just keeps telling me that she doesn't think she's smart because she didn't finish her sixth grade and she's struggling with you know the start of high school and a lot of them are always like oh like will i ever have the same experience that you did because i that was the high school i went to so they asked me a lot about Mm -hmm. it and they're like oh that sounds so fun like will i ever do that i don't think i'm ever gonna do that so it's like it's really tough for them especially like they're just starting out you know Mm -hmm. yeah well you know uh alex i admittedly was a little bit upset with my daughter when her grades started coming in originally you know but because she is very smart um and I know that she is both prior to she was really good, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and I feel bad about it, you know, because and I've, I've tried to help her along. I've always offered my help to her when it comes to school and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. She does struggle with asking for help. Um, so that's something that, you know, I have to try to help her out with to say, hey, you know, it, it's OK to say I don't know how to do something, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but I've looking back, um, is there anything different that I, I feel like I, I could have done to help her along? I mean, probably not any more than what I've already done, you know, mm-hmm. but I feel bad for being upset with her because and in my mind, I'm thinking, look, you're so smart. You know, I don't understand how you can't, you know, mm-hmm. can't grasp, um, the distance learning thing, but, you know, you start reading into it. You start seeing that, mm-hmm. you know, my, my child is not the only one struggling with this. Yeah. There, there, there are so many. And, um, and so I have eased up on her about that stuff. And, and I, the way I look at it, I was like, look, you know, we'll try again next time. She's only 14. Mm-hmm. You know? um, she does live in an environment where um, she can get, uh, I mean, cause I'm, I never stopped learning after college, you know, or after high school, after college, I never stopped learning. I'm, I'm always, uh, engaged in something, whether it be uh, history is really where I like uh, to have a focus. So I love nice. history. Um, but there, there are things that, you know, I'm, I have, I have one of those minds. I just, I want to know more. Mm-hmm. And so I, do I want her to do that? Sure. And she lives in an environment where if she wants to engage in that way, she can, Um, so, I mean, I would, you know, I would love to help her along with that sort of thing, but I think getting her in the classroom is probably best for her. Mm -hmm. I think her focus 
would be better served uh, to be in a classroom. And then, you know, she's she's been without her friends. Um, you know, she stays home most of the time. Uh, actually, after we're done here today, her and I are going to go out, you know, oh, uh, a cute. little bit. But, uh, but you know, that those those moments are rare. And especially you want to protect your child during a time where, uh, where there's some uncertainty, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but I, I, I'm glad that you guys touched on that sort of thing because it is, it really does. We, we talk about the, the elderly, you know, and which of course uh, COVID has greatly affected, mm-hmm. right. but the, we had to look at the generation behind us too, you know? Yeah. And, and those, uh, those individuals are, are struggling mm-hmm. just in a different way, but they are still struggling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even the social isolation also greatly impacts them as well, though. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not only us adults who are, are dealing with, you no know, the, I guess, the, that, that, I guess, depression from being isolated and all those, um, I guess, all those, those, those things that come with, with having to be isolated, you know, and be feeling yeah. lonely and on all that. Um, but also the, the, the students also feel that, you know, having to do school from home is way different. And I totally like, I totally relate with, with the, you know, like with, with, um, students like that who are younger, who, who are, are struggling with that. Because I also notice a big drop in my grades from the consistent, like I did what, three years of my grades and not even moving at all. And num- like, they've always been the same letter grade pretty much all throughout. Next, you know, we hit online and what happened, you know, like yeah. mm-hmm. just, just complete, like downfall of everything so yeah you know i i totally relate to everyone and that are are dealing with that and struggling with the online school because this is just a way different experience way different so yeah i agree to kind of start wrapping up jay you asked before if there is something that you could have done differently and i feel that's a question that a lot of parents have asked are asking or will continue to ask as we close up you know maybe the school year so in my experience I think that one of the things that I could say to all parents is really if your child was somebody who was having pre-existing struggles with school to stay like easing up on them but try to offer them more resources if you can if you could if you're financially able to get them a tutor or get a peer tutor at school or just get them more help that's the best thing because not only does it provide them with some peer interaction but it'll also benefit them educationally and in your case like with your daughter who always did very well in school who might be suffering a little bit now i think the best thing is just to keep encouraging them and motivating them and making them realize that their grades will go back up and this is temporary that's a lot of the pro- like the struggles that have been going on with the kids that i'm working with a lot of them are worried about their grades and what their parents say or think about their grades but at the end of the day we just need to support the youth and try to uplift them as much as possible because at the end of the day covid will not last forever their grades will improve but if they start suffering from you know self-doubt or mental health issues that could you know debilitate them even further post covid so i think we just need to nurture the youth as much as possible so just being super supportive right now i think is the best thing for any parent well said 100 percent. so yeah that's it Did you have any other uh, stats for mental health from the the state side? 
Well, I found some stuff that was very interesting. Uh, we did talk about depression, and unfortunately, you know, depression is one of the things that leads to suicide. Um, however, uh, I found that suicide actually decreased in 2020, of uh, 5.6%, which is wonderful. It's just not what I expected. Um, we do know that divorce has gone up, or the you know the the prospect of it. I would say that, and I didn't get solid numbers on these. I know that forty one percent of all marriages end in divorce. That that's the one I could get. <laughs> I know that, <laughs> I, but I know that divorce uh, or you know that possibility has gone up in twenty twenty in the United States. It's just that with lockdowns, uh, those sort of, of things are not prioritized. So like if you're wanting, and in the state of California, for example, it's going to take six months to get a divorce anyway, but mm -hmm. prolonged because courts are really delaying, um, items that are not what would be considered essential. You know, it's, uh, so of course those, those don't always, uh, isn't always from, from like a domestic, uh, there could be irreconcilable differences, uh, mm -hmm. you know, when you're when you're locked in with somebody that you're, you know, you're with. I mean, they're your partner, but you you might find that you don't want to be with them um, every single waking moment of your life, and and that's gonna. I I'd read uh, before I knew any of the stuff for the United States that mm -hmm. Asia had gone up a lot, mm -hmm. uh, divorce. So, so those sort of things uh, are impactful. Um, Again, I couldn't get the exact number, and I think mainly because due to lockdowns, those numbers aren't going to be accurate anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, divorce has gone up. Uh, you know, suicide decreased. Wonderful. Uh, however, we do know that issues, mental health issues, have gone up mm -hmm. um, with with that. So it's a uh, couple that with all the other stuff kind of going on and and COVID. COVID's at the forefront and has been for over a year, but there are so many other things. I mean, you, you know, uh, Alan talked about at the beginning, the protests and stuff that were happening in Canada. And um, I was speaking about those sort of things that are happening in the United States. And, and so there's so many things that just, uh, that just hit you all at one time. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. COVID is like, Oh, COVID is just the lingering uh, uh, deal. And it's something that you have to deal with on a daily basis. You go to, you go to the store, it's there. You go work, it's there. You go home, and and it can be there, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so it's uh, – I, I can tell you that friends, family, coworkers, acquaintances, they're ready for this to be in the past. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I saw, a, I saw something at the beginning of the year. It said, oh, you think 2020 was crazy? Just wait till we, what, have, what we have in store for you. Um, you know, one is like, I'm not gonna, you know, let me see a preview of 2021 before I accept going into it. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was like, I'm, I'm gonna have to see a trailer first. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but, um, but it, you know, I think there's optimism and, and that I, I, I love, I, I don't, I'm not much for a defeatist, uh, type of attitude anyway. So seeing optimism in other people is great. I, I'm really happy. Uh, it, it lifts me up to see certain things like that. And, um, the fact that, you know, you see 
and it hasn't happened in my state, of course, but you see states opening up and, mm-hmm. and that gives you hope that we'll get back there. You know, there's going to come a time where we're talking about COVID in the past tense and yeah. it may yeah. be coming sooner than we think. Very well said. That was like the perfect. It was, like, it was closing. I was statement. just thinking about that as well. You know? <laughs> that was so good. Anytime you need me, just let me know. Yeah. <laughs> Chase the man. All right, my good sir, as we do uh, come to a close, you know, we have a couple of magic words. You know what they are when you're mm-hmm. ready. Let her rip. Oh yeah. Uh, we are alpha relations driving change forward. Yes. That's it. Let's right go. I didn't even have to write that down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe because I see it every single week. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? <laughs> All right, Luca, let the people Hit us know. With it. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Jay, for coming on the podcast. It's always a pleasure to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and check down the links down below. Like we said, uh, if you are needing help and you are struggling right now th- with uh, the pandemic and everything going on with mental health, please look down on the resources and reach out if you do need help. Um, if you're uh, on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, turn on post notifications. If you're on our platform, hit that follow button. Thank you all for listening again. Peace out, y'all. Bye. Bye.